Well, again, I want to say thank you to kind of Shirley and her family, as well as Cameron, for sharing their stories. And I thought it was important to hear those stories because it's just a reminder that that God can be at work in some challenging situations. And, and we've got to be honest, we've gone through challenging situations over the last couple of years. You've experienced that, and, and now it feels like we're coming out of the other side of that, figuring out kind of what new normal looks like. Maybe for you, the new normal looks a lot like the old normal, but for others of us, uh, you know, things are different. And even as that's true for us individually, it's also true for us as a church. Having gone through all of the last couple of years, we're in many ways a different church community than we were in 2019. I've used the image in various conversations that I feel like we're off-roading now, right? We're learning, we're learning what a new season of ministry looks like. I was reminded of this on Easter. Obviously, many of us gathered here for our Easter services. But even as we gathered here, 262 devices joined us on live for the live stream. I was like, wow, this is, we're in a new season. You know, this technology is now a part of who we are, and we're trying to figure out what that looks like. And so really the question becomes, when, when life gets complicated and surprising, even as you've heard in these stories, how do we engage this season well? How do we, how do we engage this moment well? And as I think about that, you know, as, as a pastor, one of the places my mind goes back to is the, the book of Philippians in the New Testament. We read the story of the Philippian church starting in the book of Acts. It's this, you know, group of Christ followers. They get off to this great, amazing start. But then things get complicated, and they get complicated in a couple of different ways. First of all, they get complicated because as these people become followers of Jesus, they're now experiencing kind of pushback in their community opposition and kind of social pressure because they become followers of Jesus and they probably weren't fully expecting that. Furthermore, the, the church is experiencing some internal conflict and we see that from the, from the letter written to this church by Paul. And then thirdly, they're having to deal with the fact that their founder, the guy they really looked up to, is now in prison. And so this is, right, it's just, even as we've gone through a really unexpected season and a complicated situation, they were going through that. And it's in that context that Paul writes this letter that we know as Philippians and tries to give them counsel in their situation, give them direction in their situation. But I think a lot of what he says to them in their situation really applies to us in our situation. And so let me just read you part of what Paul writes in Philippians. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. As Paul is giving them kind of advice and counsel and engaging a complicated situation, notice he highlights responsibilities and resources. First of all, notice notice the responsibility, right? Work out your salvation. Now notice he doesn't say earn your salvation. He says work it out. In other words, put it into practice. Learn to produce fruit in this here and now complicated moment in which you now find yourselves. I mean, this was a moment when it was easy to panic. It was easy to be fearful. It was easy simply to walk away. And Paul, in essence, says, no, come on with me. Take a deep breath. And now I want you to work out your salvation. 
Remember who God is and who you are in Christ. Develop the habits and the practices that reflect your new identity so that you're participating in what God is doing. Develop those habits of thought and relationship that reflect the the fact that you're a follower of Christ. And he talks about those patterns even in this letter. Now, arguably, as as Paul is telling them to work out their salvation, he he means this on two different levels. First of all, he means this individually. It's work out your own, and he's, he's addressing individuals there, right? You, each of you need to take this on. This isn't something just for leaders in the church or a select few. All of you need to be a part of that. But furthermore, he, I think he expects this to operate corporately. You've got to figure this out together. You're in a complicated situation, a complicated moment, and you need to figure out how to work together. He's already told them, look, you need to be of one mind and one spirit, This is a heavy order, right? Come on. In the midst of (laughs) of this confusing situation, don't don't lose sight of who you are. Come on, work out your salvation. It feels like a heavy lift, but notice he not only highlights responsibilities, he also <laughs> highlights the resources. He says, look, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for because it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his good purpose. Notice Paul didn't say, look, God has done his part. Now it's up to you to do your part. No, Paul says, look, I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to embrace this moment and live out your faith because God is actually at work in you, transforming you, empowering you, equipping you. And of course, this is a reference to the work of God's spirit. And notice Paul says, look, as you do this, do so how? With fear and trembling. It's fascinating language. It's language that reflects different scenes, particularly, I think, in the Old Testament. Scenes where people had dramatic experiences with God, often scenes where they were being equipped for service, called into service. I mean, think about Moses at the burning bush, right? Moses experiencing in a unique way the presence of God and and even at one point turning his face away in fear and reverence. So Paul says, look, take a deep breath. You're in a complicated situation. But I I want you to realize that God is actually at work in your midst. I want you to be attuned to the presence and the promises of God so that you work out your salvation in this moment, in this complicated moment, that you, you put the truths of who you are into practice in very tangible ways. And in saying that, notice that even as Paul highlights the responsibilities and the resources, he also gives them a warning. The passage continues. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. I have to admit, when our sons were, were young, this is the verse they probably heard the most in the minivan, Okay. Right? Paul says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And I think in a real sense, Paul intends a contrast here. In essence, he's saying, look, you've got a choice to make. You can, even, you can either choose to really engage your faith in this complicated moment, or you're going to be vulnerable to grumbling and arguing. And the language he uses here communicates, first of all, you're going to be vulnerable to grumbling, particularly complaining 
against other people and getting frustrated with people. And then this idea of arguing, you can also translate that bickering. And interestingly, it's a, it's a term that is often used in contexts where it feels like people are bickering over things that really aren't that important. And I think Paul gets it. You know what? Under stress, under complicated situations, under situations that are unexpected, it's easy for us to fall into these kinds of patterns of acting and interacting with others, right? Grumbling and bickering, grumbling and arguing. All you got to do is look at what's happened culturally over the last couple of years and see this is what's going on. So Paul looks at this church and says, okay, folks, here's the deal. You really got a choice to make. I know this has been surprising. I know this has been unsettling, the stuff you're going through, and it's different than what you expected, but you got to take a deep breath and really work out your salvation because God's at work in you, or you can be vulnerable to just going after one another. And that was the advice, the counsel Paul gave (laughs) this church many centuries ago, and I think it applies to us as well. So what, what is this... What does this look like for us now? You know, the truth is, for us at this moment, it's, it's just so easy, it's just so natural to kind of go with the flow and to become people who are bickering, complaining, and grumbling just like everyone around us. And it, 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 it would be so easy for us just to slide into that pattern because that's what we're seeing in our broader culture. And yet, and yet... To do so is is really to abandon our mission. To do so is to walk away from our mission as followers of Jesus. Because we've been called as a community, right, to work out our salvation because God is at work in us. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but this year is actually the 50th anniversary of our church, right? Here's a picture from an earlier season in the life of our church. And in that report that uh, you received as you came in, there are a couple of pages of the history of our church and its timeline. And we'll dedicate some time later this fall to celebrate and tell a fuller story of our church. But you know, the history of our church in different ways, this has been a community of people living out the mission of God. And, And even now, We are called to do that. Even now, having come through all this complication and unexpected realities over the last couple of years, we are called to be a part of his mission. So what about now? What does this look like for us now? Well, right before COVID, uh, our elder team and members of our staff had gathered together, really wrestling with, okay, what does the next season of living out our mission look like, right? As a church, we, we understand that, that our mission to be a, a group of people living with Jesus, loving like Jesus, leading others to do the same. But what is, what's this next season look like? And as we worked through that, we really, we really came together with a recognition that this next season needs to be a season in which we're intentionally engaging young adults. Because as our culture has become more pluralistic, as our culture has become more diverse, particularly for young adults in a very formational season of life, it has become so easy to walk away from the church and it has been so becoming ever increasingly difficult to truly experience and engage Christianity. And if, if, if we... <laughs> If we don't engage in adults well, we're going to see just a growing gap, a a growing absence in our multi-generational community. This will be 
the place where the hole is. So we began working on that. Of course, then COVID happened, and in so many ways, COVID just changed everything, at least for a season. But now as we're coming out of COVID and we're moving to the other side of this pandemic, now we we really have the opportunity to engage this vision that we began talking about several years ago. And here here are just a couple of dimensions of what this can look like. And again, you've got a little more information in the packet that you received. I mean, first of all, it's just we want to be intentional in in the group environments that we provide and engaging young adults. Even uh, this last week, we started a new group for 18 to 22-year-olds called Beyond. And as they're launching this summer, each Tuesday night, they're going to be meeting in different homes for meals and conversation. And so if if that's where you're at, or if you've got a, a, a child or grandchild that's in that age group, we'd love for them to join us. You can find out more information on our website. That group is called Beyond. And as we engage young leaders, we also want to be a community that is in the process of leadership development. As we're helping people take steps in serving and develop their skills, we want to be a place that is giving young adults the opportunity to develop skills for leading in church, but also leading in the marketplace. And even now, we have two young adult cohorts that have been working through kind of a leadership journey that started a few months ago. Thirdly, we want to continue developing our digital platforms. As I already mentioned, we've, we've come to realize that this digital dimension is now a part of who we are moving forward, and so we want to do that well. And then fourthly, we want to, I think, take further steps in developing a, a, a true discipleship pathway here in the life of our church because we're seeing people that, that don't necessarily have a background in Christianity or experience in understanding Scripture, engaging spiritual practices. So how can we be more intentional in developing a discipleship pathway for people who come into the life of our church to help them take next steps in following Jesus? So all of these are are things that we're working on as part of this direction. I realize you may be saying, well, what about me? What what about me? Maybe I don't fit into that age group. Well, well, we're going to engage this and be a part of this in different ways. For some of us, we're going to be directly involved as we we, uh, mentor people, as we host different groups, as we get involved in these different young adult environments or have the opportunity to build relationships. But, But for all of us, whether you're in this age group or not, I think all of us have a part of being engaged in this vision as as we live out our mission. Because you see, as we live out our mission of living and loving and leading, we will foster a community that really can bring multiple generations together in following Jesus. And, And let me just highlight a couple of ways this could look like for you even over the next few weeks, right? Weeks, right? We talk about living with Jesus. And even as we move through the summer, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. And in different ways, the book of Proverbs is going to challenge us about the wisdom that God is seeking to develop in your life. And as you are open to that and you're open to what God is going to do in your life, it's a step in living with Jesus. When we think about loving like Jesus, we have the opportunity to build into relationships. And some of you are are thinking even now of perhaps relationships that you need to invest in either inside the church or outside the church. Or maybe for some of you, the next step is taking that step of getting involved in a community, either a mid-sized group or one of our Live, Love, Lead groups. And then leading others to do the same. 
being attuned to how God might desire for you to serve and what that might look like. You've already heard reference to our crew event coming up next month, and this is just a great way for you in in a way that works for you to, to serve in the life of our church community. And you see, when when we personally and corporately embrace this mission, we really will foster a community that brings different generations together. And here's what Paul says. When you read further in that passage, Paul says this. As you embrace this mission, you will shine like stars in the sky. That's what he said. And I think even as he was saying that to them, he is saying that to us today. Yes, you've been through some craziness and, you know, it's a complicated situation. You guys are figuring out what this new season looks like. Paul is saying, I get all that, but take a deep breath and I want you to work out your salvation. I want you to recognize that even in this moment, God is calling you to embrace what he's doing in your life, both individually and corporately. And he's calling you to do that in such a way that you're going to shine like stars in the sky in this community and beyond. Have we gone through some complicated stuff? Absolutely. But can God be at work in the complicated stuff? Absolutely. That means this for us. It's time to shine. It's time to shine. Let's pray together. Father, as as we've looked back over this last year, I I thank you kind of for areas in the life of our church where we've just seen your faithfulness. I thank you for your faithfulness and the personal stories that we heard this morning. And Father, I pray that even as we celebrated, I pray we would just be attuned to the truth That even in the midst of that which has been complicated and unexpected, in this very moment, we're called to work out our salvation because you are the one at work among us. So, Father, as we seek to be this church community that is engaging young adults well, as we seek to be this church community that is bringing multiple generations together, may we be attuned to how you are at work And may we be attuned to how you are at work in such a way that we truly do shine like stars in our particular community, in our particular context. Shining forth the truth, the clarity of your word, shining forth the truth and clarity and the transforming reality of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.